listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. We've been in a series for the last month called Heart Matters, Living a Lifestyle of Honor. Everybody say honor. Honor, honor is the specific matter of the heart that we have been camping out on, talking about for the last month. And tonight we're going to wrap that up and prepare uh, for a Christmas season. Um, honor is a cultural value here at Refinery Church. And if you pick up one of our bookmarks, they're there in the back. You can see who we are when we talk about we are refinery. One of the things that we are is we are honoring. And we wanted to talk about that and spend some time about what that means to honor. But more importantly than our cultural value here at Refinery of Honor is that honor is intended to be a lifestyle principle that God expects us to live out. When we look throughout Scripture, honor is talked about over and over and over again. And God links it with rewards and blessings when we are people of honor. When we do that, we reap benefits and rewards. Now, some of you are going, Pastor Kelly, why all this talk about honor, 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 honor? Well, it comes down to this. And go ahead and throw that word honor up there, Emma, would you? Why does honor matter? Because to honor is to genuinely love. To honor means to genuinely love. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, he says the most important command that were ever given was to love God and love what? One another. another. Others, people. Say love God. Love Love people. people. Love God and love people. That's the greatest command that were ever given. And the way that's demonstrated is by honoring God and honoring people. So to honor means to demonstrate genuine love. And we've defined it. We have, we have an actual definition of that, and you can take a look on the screen. This is the definition that we've camped out on for the last month, that honor is attributing value and showing preference. Showing preference, giving preference. In, in a simple way to define that is, is you're headed into a restaurant and you grab the restaurant door and you open it. And before you walk in, you go ahead and let one or two people by and let, you, let them walk in first. That's showing preference to them. That's giving them honor in a very, very simple, simple way. But we're talking, we've been camping out talking a little bit more deeply about what honor is. We honor God by putting him first. So we love God, we love people, we honor God, and we honor people. We honor God by putting him first. Jesus said these words, he said in Matthew 6, 33, seek first, everybody say first. First. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all that you have need of will be taken care of. So to honor God means to put him first, put him first in your life, put him first in your day, put him first in your relationship, put him first in your work, put him first. And when you do that, you honor God. You honor God. Tonight, we're going to get into others. We'll be talking about others. Let's start by reading our theme verse together, Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Take a look at this. Let's all charge this atmosphere with the word of God, and let's read together. Ready? Begin. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. That's our theme verse. That's where we've been camping out. Love each other with 
genuine affection. Everybody say genuine. genuine. I'm going to be talking about that in a little while. Genuine, that word genuine. The real deal, authentic, not fake, real, genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. I love how one translation says, look to outdo each other with honor. Try to outdo one another with honor. Men and women, this is how we should be living. This verse should be branded into, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe God's word to be true and you're trying to live it out, this should be branded in your heart. This should be posted somewhere that you can see it and remember it and refer to it because it's a reminder of how we're supposed to live, to love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. That's loving God and loving people. This should be our defining characteristic. Why should it be that way? Because Jesus said these words in John 13. He says, By this, all people will know that you are my followers if you have love for one another. So this really should be our defining characteristic. It should define who we are as an individual, as a church, as a body of believers, as the church, this should be what defines us. Not hate, not what we stand against, not our causes. This should be our defining characteristic. And this is what I pray for, that we would be a church, that we would be a people, that we would be individuals that are genuinely showing loving affection and delighting in honoring one another. This should be our hallmark. This is what we should be known for. Wouldn't you agree? I agree with that, and I, I agree with that, and that's what God's Word says. All right, take a look at this. So last week, here's what we did. When we talked about uh, uh, loving and honoring one another, we started with the top. We started with honoring those over us. And it was very practical last week. If you weren't here, um, we're going to have that up on our podcast this week. Uh, James was out of town this week, so we didn't get it up this week, but we will have it out this next week. Um, we talked about honoring those who are over us, our employers, our bosses, our teachers, our coaches, those who are authorities, our civil leaders. And the beautiful thing is we talked about that and we prayed and we prayed for those who were being elected on Tuesday, our midterm elections. So the timing of it was perfect. That was last week. Tonight, we're going to look at the other two groups. Go ahead and throw that up there. The other two groups, those on your left, are those that, that are responsible that we care for. Um, our children, uh, those who serve us, uh, our employees, um, the, the, the waiter or the waitress who helps you out at the, the restaurant, uh, those who are less fortunate, those who are broken, those who are hurting, those who are needy. Those are on the left over there. And then over on the right, those are the ones that we care about. Those are our family members, our peers, our friends, our coworkers. I kind of like to say, imagine it like a head and two hands extended out. The head are those above us, those authority, and the hands extended out are to those that we care for and that we care about. Those who are needy and those who are our peers and our family members. I have found... That, that tonight we can, we can sum up how to care for these two groups in three what I'll call simple ways of honoring. Now, I say three simple ways, but don't misunderstand me. Simple does not mean easy, all right? 
Because honoring can be hard, especially when you need to honor someone that you might not really care for. Somebody that might not really run in your circles. Somebody that may, well, just may not even smell so good. It can be hard to honor. It requires selflessness. So I'm going to give you three simple ways to honor others, but it doesn't mean it's easy, so get ready. Number one, here's how we can honor others. Get real. Everybody say, get real. Get real. real. We got to get real if we're going to honor others. We're going to get real. And I want to I take a look at our theme verse again. I'm going to read our theme verse again, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to look at the verse before it. We did uh, verse 10, but I want to look at verses 9 and 10 because 9 really gives the lead into verse 10. Take a look here at Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. It says, don't just to pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. See how it contextualizes it a little bit more? It's about being real, being authentic, being genuine. There is so much in these two verses. I just want you to look at it and think about it for a minute. Does the first verse, verse 9, does it bring any kind of conviction in your heart? Does it? It does me. I look at that and go, don't just pretend to love others. I've been there. I'm going to confess. I've been there. I've pretended to love people. Really love them. And I love how the next the, the verse finishes up. It says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. As if to say, Pretending to love others is wrong. Really loving them is what is good. See how it ties together? Mm, 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 mm. Verse 9 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. One translation says this, don't be a hypocrite, that H word, hypocrite, hypocrite. There's a definition of hypocrisy. It's the concealment of one's real character or motives. It's like a mask, right? It's the concealment of one's real motives, one's real character. An example of this could be someone who acts as though they're honoring you to your face with their outward actions and words, but inside they're criticizing you. They're envying you. They might even despise you. If anybody's old enough in here, I thought I'd make this reference for some of the older folks. There used to be a television show called Leave It to Beaver. Oh, there's a few laughs. Some of you are familiar with Leave It to Beaver. It's an old 1950s, 1960s show. I was going to show a clip, but I thought, oh, only half the group will actually get it. Leave It to Beaver had a guy on that show by the name of Eddie Haskell. Some of you know who I'm talking about. Eddie Haskell would get right in the face of the dad, and he was, he was honoring, yes, sir, yes, sir, oh, absolutely, sir. We would never do anything wrong. I would never lead your children astray. We will make sure to do everything right and in order. He would honor the dad to his face, and then as soon as dad walked out of the room, all right, guys, what are we going to do? Come on, let's, but you just said, nah, I don't, it doesn't matter what I just said. 
That's this kind of person. That's a hypocrite. Eddie Haskell is the definitive hypocrite. Or when you leave the room, they start talking bad about you. Start bad-mouthing you, start cutting you down, defaming you and slandering you. Um, I had the, I've had the opportunity to travel quite a bit and, sp- and speak. Um, one of the areas that I've gone and spoken at, and I, I actually enjoy it, is in the deep south, down in Kentucky, Alabama, Tennessee. First time I went down there, my wife and I actually went, went and did a camp, and she was so impressed how these young men were, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Yes, they were so respectful, weren't they, sweetie? We're like, man, we're coming from California. Good luck getting a yes, sir, or yes, ma'am from anybody, unless they're in the military. But oh, it was yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And I began to do some research and talk to some people down there and say, man, it's so honoring down here. And I was talking to one of the pastors. He goes, oh, yeah, on the outside, they honor. On the outside. See, because in the South, there are familiar terms such as Southern hospitality, gracious living, and graciousness. There's an outward demonstration of honor, but oftentimes, the pastor said, that's a pretense. Oh, it, what, what, what's a pretense? He goes, well, it's kind of like a mask. It's kind of like we put it on and we look really good and we say the right thing, but as soon as somebody's gone, they start picking away like a chicken picking on a weak chicken, a group of chickens picking on one little weak one. He said, I've seen women, these little southern bells who are so sweet, sitting around gossiping, tearing apart some lady. And as soon as the lady walks up, oh, hi, honey. Oh, God bless you. Bless you. I go, really? He goes, oh, yes. I've seen it right in the middle of church. Really? He said, absolutely. He says, Kelly, what we have down here is what's called really is false honor. It's not genuine. It's not authentic. It's hypocrisy. It's deception. Ooh, this is uncomfortable, but it's truth. It's truth. And according to scripture, it's wrong. What Paul goes on to say there in verse 9 is, hate what is wrong and hold tight to what is good. You know what that is? It's a matter of the heart. See, honor is a matter of the heart. When we honor only with our lips, when we honor only with our actions, but in our heart, we're being critical and criticizing. God sees it. It's a matter of the heart and matters of the heart matter. And check this out. They matter to God. They matter to God. You can put on a great outer appearance, but guess who knows your heart? Guess who knows my heart? God. God does. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 16 that man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart. You can honor with your words and your actions, but if your motives are sour, God knows. God knows. And you miss a blessing. Oh yeah, you may have a good reputation with that individual, but you're missing a blessing from the Lord because the Lord is saying, I want it to be genuine. I want it to be real. Listen to how God corrects his people in the Old Testament through the prophet Isaiah. 
Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13 says this. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. Can we put that up there on the screen so everybody can take a look at that? These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. God knows our hearts. And we can come and we can say all the right words. We can say all the religious terminology. But God's going, yeah, I hear you, but your heart doesn't match your words. So it's false honor. It's not real. And we miss the blessing. Outward actions with false honor. We need to do a heart check. And I'm going to challenge all of us in here. I'm going to challenge myself. I need to do a heart check. I don't want to just casually go through life falsely honoring people. I want to do it right. I want to hate what is wrong and cling to what is right. I want to honor in word, deed, and in heart. Like I said, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. I, I, I'm bringing it at the end of this ser- series. This is, we're, we're doing a little surgery here. We're doing a little heart surgery. I'm going to give you a little example of what I've just been talking about. Maybe you can't relate to the Southern Bells or the Southern Gentlemen, but maybe you've done this. Most of us probably have. Imagine a lady by the name of Jane. She's in a hurry. She's trying to get to the mall. She's trying to get to a meeting. She's in a hurry, and she doesn't want to be late. She sees someone. We'll call her Betty. There's no Jane in here, right? Any Janes? Any Bettys? Good, I chose two names that didn't, weren't in here. Jane and Betty. So Jane's in a hurry. She's making her way, and, and she sees Betty walking toward her on the other side of the street. And she knows, oh man, if Betty starts talking, I'm going to be here all day. I don't have time for this. She's trying, to, she's trying to keep her head down, not make eye contact. She looks up, and as soon as she looks up, she sees and makes eye contact with Betty. And what does Betty do? She crosses the street and starts to make her way over to Jane. Jane speaks first, because she's in a hurry. And she says, well, hey, Betty, praise God. I'm so excited to see you. And they start to talk a little bit, and the conversation goes on. Not too long, but, but, but Jane jumps in and says, hey, you know, Betty, I'm running a little late. How about we make plans to have lunch and get together soon? All right? All right, thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. And off she goes. Now, here's the situation, and here's the issue. Why did Jane praise God when she saw and started talking about it? She wasn't thinking about God. She was thinking about the mall. She was thinking about the meeting. She was thinking about wherever she was going. She wasn't thinking about God. But she immediately jumped in to praise God because that's a terminology. That's rote words. Those are religious terms that she just uses. I'm being a little harsh, I know, but. And then she says, I'm so excited to see you. She wasn't excited to see her, was she? Her thought was, how can I get out of this? Heart matters. And she probably has no real intention of having lunch with her at all. 
You see, these are nice things that are said. This is pretense. And I'm not saying don't be nice. I'm glad she was nice. I'm glad she wasn't rude and crude. But the question I'm really trying to dig into is the heart. The heart matter. The heart matter. Because what she said was a lie. She wasn't excited to see her. I know we're going, well, that was just a little, that was a little nice lie. That wasn't a mean lie. That was a nice lie. A lie is a lie is a lie is a lie. I'm going to read this verse again. Emma, can you jump back there to Romans 12, 9 through 10, now that we've talked about this little story? Because Jane needs a little heart check. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Here it is. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is right and good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. See, this is why honor is a matter of the heart. This is why honor is a matter of, a, of the heart. And I want our congregation and I want you to experience the blessing of genuine honor, the blessing from God. And it starts with the heart. It starts with our hearts. All right. Number two. Check this one out. And this is a fun word. Everybody say this word. What's that word? Esteem. Esteem. Kind of a fun word. Esteem. Kind of sounds Hispanic. Esteban. Esteban. Esteem. How'd I do, Alvaro? Pretty good? So-so? <laughs> you can translate for me. I was trying. I was trying. Trying to honor you. <laughs> esteem. Learning to esteem one another. Take a look at what it says here in Philippians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul speaks to the church in Philippi, and he speaks to this whole issue and this matter. He says this, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you're encouraged there, if you have any comfort from his love, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, if there's any tenderness, if there's any compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and in one, of one mind. Now he's going to define what, they, what he's talking about. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Ooh, those are tough words. Selfish ambition and vain conceit. You know what vain conceit is? It's that self-interest. Oh, it's all about me. I'm going to do this because it benefits me as that vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value or esteem others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then take a look at the last verse. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, let me explain to you what that means. Jesus, God of the universe, creator of all that we see and what we can't see, sustainer of life, came to earth, left heaven and came to earth 
left eternity and came to the temporary. Left glory and took on flesh and blood. Why? Because he esteems you. He values you above himself and his own interests. He, he took on this, he's the creator of all the, the creation and he submitted to the confines of creation. The creator submits himself to hunger, to pain, to hot heat, to cold. He created all this, and now he succumbs to creation. Why? Because he esteems you. Because he esteems you. He, he considers you more valuable than his own desires. See that? He's all-powerful. He's God. He could call down thousands of angels and wipe all of us out and say, I'm doing it a different way. But he doesn't do that. He esteems us and he submits to a brutal, bloody crucifixion to pay for our sin and break the bonds of sin and death. Why? Because he esteems you higher than his own desires higher than his own comfort, he esteems you. So when it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, do you see what we're being told? Think like Jesus, act like Jesus. It's almost too wonderful to comprehend that kind of selfless love. But Jesus models to us, remember, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. And he became fully man so that we could, so that he could, and we could relate to one another. And I know some of us would say, oh, but Pastor Kelly, that's Jesus Christ. I could never love like that. I could never be that kind of sacrificial. Uh, I can never live that kind of sacrificial life or be that selfish. You know, the amazing fact is, yes, you could. Yes, you could. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that as we say yes to Jesus, the Spirit of God deposits His love into our hearts. That's what it says in Romans 5, 5. That the, the love of God is in your heart. When you say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residence and, and deposits God's kind of love into your heart. You can love that way. You can. You just need, it's a, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of the heart. Here it is again. It's a heart matter. A heart that looks to be a blessing. How can I esteem others? How can I esteem others above myself? How can we do that? I want to give you an example. Um, there's, a, there's a church. It's actually one of, it's, it's the, my, my favorite church to visit outside of Refinery. <laughs> I don't visit here, I live here. This is my family. But my favorite church to visit, and Leah probably knows who it is. If I said, do you know who you think? Well, not, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a church in Las Vegas. It's not, I like to go to Vegas. That's not, that's not it. <laughs> it's a church in Las Vegas called New Hope. It's my favorite church in the United States to visit. And it's not because of its location, because I really could care less about Vegas. Um, it's hot, it's dry, it's noisy. They do have a lot of good restaurants, though. Um, 
And it's not because the church has some fancy building that's just so beautiful that when you walk in, you're inspired. Actually, they took an old grocery store about five years ago, and they gutted it out, and they're remodeling it. And every time I go to visit, they're really proud to say, oh, come take a look at what we've improved on. And I'm like, that's awesome. And they are. They're improving on it a little bit at a time. But it's not because of the fancy building or the location. I'd rather go to Hawaii than Las Vegas. But... It's because when I'm there, their hospitality, their care, their genuine love is felt throughout the entire building the way they esteem others and not just me, the way they esteem each other, the way they esteem their guests, the way they honor one another. It inspires me. It makes me want to be there. I don't want to leave. When church is over, I'm like the last one to leave. When I speak there or do conferences, I want to just be in that environment because it's life-giving. Maybe you've been in that kind of environment where you just don't want to leave. When I drive up, a couple weeks ago, I did a conference out there. <clears throat> My friend Andrew Nakamura and I rented a car from the airport, and we drove over, and we, we went straight over to the facility. As soon as we drove up, two guys walked out of the building, came over, and opened our doors for us. As if they were, I'm thinking, how did they know we were coming? We didn't tell them exactly what time or anything. They just were ready to go. They opened the doors. Pastor Kelly, we're so glad you're here. They knew who I was. I had not met these two guys before. I've met a whole bunch of people, but I had not met Pastor Kelly. We're so glad you're here. And, and we have some water for you. You're probably thirsty. My goodness. I mean, first class service. It was wonderful. I felt so good. I mean, I just got off Southwest Airlines where I was lucky to get a bag of pretzels. And I go to this church and they're opening the door. They're giving me a bottle of water. Matter of fact, one of them, his name's Roy. I do know Roy. Roy goes, oh, Pastor Kelly, uh, the prayer room over there is kind of like a little green room right now. We have some cheese and some fruit. If you're probably hungry after your flight, feel free to go in there and get whatever you need. My goodness, I felt so blessed and so honored and so cared for. And I've spoken to other guests. You know what? It isn't just because it's me. I'm nobody super special. They do that for everyone. They go out of their way, over and above, far beyond what you can think or imagine, to care for and to honor. And here's the thing. I feel genuinely loved and appreciated there because you know what? I know it's their heart. It's not fake. It's real. And the reason I know it's real, they do it for me, and I see them doing it for the, the homeless guy who comes up with his little basket. Hey, you want a bottle of water? Are you thirsty? Hey, get, let's get him a bottle of water. Let's get him a snack. And I watched that happen within a few minutes of me arriving there. I go, see, it's not about position. It's not about trying to make me feel good. It's because they genuinely love and they honor one another. Last time I was there, the youth group pulled me aside. I thought I'd just share this. The youth group pulled me aside after the conference was over. Now, I had asked the youth group to work for me at this conference. So I'd ask them, hey, will you guys do some things? Will you set up tables? Will you do this, that, and the other? And they said, yes, Pastor Kelly, we would love to. And they did, and they did it wonderfully. After the conference was over, they called me aside, and they called me into the youth room. And I thought, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, I'll come. Okay. So I walked over there, and they all kind of lined up, and they started humming the theme song for Star Wars. And one of them, the, it was hilarious, the, 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 the line of kids parts, and one of the kids walks over, and they had purchased a collectible R2-D2 figurine. 
and they, they're, they're humming the Star Wars theme and they're walking, one of them's walking towards me and they present me with this R2-D2 figurine because they know that I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And then he, he walks away and they're having fun. Da-da, and they close the kids back up. They do this whole presentation. And I'm thinking I should be presenting something to them because they work so hard for me. But because of their love and their esteem, they just gave me a gift just to say, we honor you. I was in tears. I'm starting to tear up now. Because it was unsolicited and so genuine. And you see what that does for somebody? These kids didn't have to do that. They spent their own money doing that. It makes me, I'll tell you what it does, makes me want to go back. Makes me want to be there. If I have to decide between two speaking engagements, am I going to speak at this church or am I going to speak at New Hope? Which one do you think I'm going to pick? I'm going to pick New Hope. Oh, but the honorarium over here is going to be really large. I don't care. The honor over here is really large. And that's what's most valuable to me. Whenever I'm at New Hope, and here's another thing. Whenever I'm at New Hope, and I told this to Leah, I actually called Leah the last time I was there. I said, I want to pray for a refinery. I want refinery to be a place like this. I want our church to be known when people and guests and visitors, whether you're a first-time guest just walking in off the street or whether you're a guest speaker, I want us to genuinely love and honor and esteem and fulfill what that passage of Scripture says because there's a blessing upon the Lord, blessing from the Lord upon that. Not because of position, but because of genuine love. Genuine love. Finally, number three. And most of us probably know this one. Why don't you say that? Mm -hmm. Do unto others. Yeah, you know what's coming next. Do unto others. Let me read this passage of Scripture. These are Jesus' words from Luke chapter 6, verse 31. It says this, Do to others as you would like them to do to you. As, as the old King James would say it, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is a more modern translation, New Living. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. This has been called the golden rule. Some have called this karma. Schools used to teach this and quote this, and it was on the top of their list of how to live. They no longer quote the source. They just say it's a good It's a good teaching. It's a good standard to live by. The reality is these are the words of Jesus Christ. And these are the words that teach us very simply how to honor one another. It's not easy, but he simply says, do to others as you would have them do to you. How do you want to be treated? How do you want to be treated? Do you want people gossiping about you? Then don't gossip about people. Simple, not easy. Do you want people to lose their temper with you? Become impatient with you? Then don't lose your temper with people. Don't be impatient with people. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Do you want people to overlook your efforts and take credit for your work? Then don't overlook and don't take credit for others. Simple, right? That's how we honor. Do you want people to be patient? Then be patient. Do you want people to be generous with you? Then be generous. See, that's what that's saying. Do you want to be affirmed? Then be affirming. 
See how it works? Do unto. I, um, I like a clean car. Any clean car fans in here? Yeah, I like a clean car. I remember when I was a teenager, uh, I would get in friends' cars, and I, I remember this one friend, his name was Jim, uh, Jim not James, Jim. Uh, his parents called him Jimmy. He was Jim. Jim had a filthy car. I would get in there, and there were wrappers and cups, old milk. Um, I know you said, Mew. I mean, there was, I was, every time I got out of his car, I'm like, what the heck is on my feet? Hated going in his car. As soon as I had my own car, I was like, I am done riding with Jim. I'm never riding in his car again. To this day, one of my favorite ways to relax, my wife will tell you, is I enjoy washing and waxing our cars. Weird, right? I know, but I do. I enjoy it. It's, it's a great two, three-hour process for me. Mindless, just kind of cleaning. And when I'm all done, ah, I started with dirty, now it's clean. Ah, so nice. It's a very relaxing thing for me. And like I said, I've had the opportunity to speak around America. And most often, when I go to these speaking engagements, and this relates to the car thing, when I go to these speaking engagements, typically they'll send an intern or they'll send a volunteer. This was almost pre-Uber days. Uh, they'll send an intern or a volunteer to come pick me up at the, the uh, airport, take me to the hotel or take me to the camp or take me to the venue. Uh, and I always appreciate that, of course. On many occasions I'm picked up. <laughs> if it's a young intern that hasn't been trained real well, I have flashbacks of those high school days because <laughs> I get in their car like, oh, oh, okay. And I just kind of bite my tongue and I look around and hold my nose and uh, look forward to getting to my venue as quickly as possible. But that's not always the occasion. That's once in a while. Then there are those who know the principle and the rewards of honor. They've washed and cleaned their car before they've come to get me. They've cleaned it inside and out. They've made sure that it smells nice or they spray Febreze to cover whatever smells were in there. Some even have a bottle of water and some mints ready when I get into the car. Now, I'm not saying this to say, oh, Kelly, you expect these things. No, that's not it. I'm, I'm highlighting people who understand the principle of honor and those who don't. One time there was an intern. His name was Ryan. Uh, it was from uh, the city of Baltimore, Maryland. It was cold, and he was picking me up. He did all those things. Man, he, it was winter, and he had his car washed in the, in the winter. I was impressed by that. He had the inside. It was nice and clean. I got in there. It smelled good. And not only did he have all these things and he had a bottle of water ready for me, he said, hey, uh, Pastor Kelly, um, <clears throat> here are three places along the way that we're going to be. Here's some three food places. Um, one of them is getting ready to close pretty soon. The other two are open late. I checked on it for you. And uh, if you're hungry, I got it covered. So whatever you want, I'll take care of it. Now I'm thinking, this is an intern. He don't make no money. He pays probably to be in this internship, and he offers to pay for my meal. I was blown away, thinking, man, that's, what a heart. And I asked, I asked Ryan, I said, Ryan, is that, is that part of the culture at this church we're going to? Because I'm kind of wanting to understand the culture. Is this part of your culture? And he goes, well, I mean, yes and no, but I'm just doing this because this is what Jesus says to do. And he quoted that verse. He said, Jesus says to do to others as I would want them to do to me. And so, Pastor Kelly, where do you want to eat? 
I was like, all right, I like this guy. I was blown away by the honor and the fulfillment of Scripture that I was experiencing right there. It blessed me. It blessed me. Went back to my hotel that night. The next morning, I got up and went to the church and got to meet with the pastor. And I said, hey, tell me about this Ryan kid. I was blown away with him. And of course, the, the senior pastor was like, oh, Ryan is one of our best interns. Man, he is always serving others, serving the other interns, serving the people at the church. He is such a gem. I'm sorry we're losing him. I said, what? He goes, yeah, he wasn't able to raise enough support for his internship. I said, how much is he short? Well, and the pastor named, it was a couple few hundred dollars. The pastor said how much it was. I said, hey, I want you to take I want you to take a portion of my honorarium and I want you to apply it to him. I want to make sure that he stays as an intern. I want to honor him because of the way he honored me. You see, there's, that's the blessing. And I'm not here saying, oh, Pastor Kelly, look how good you are. That's not what I'm here to say. I'm going to say we have, honor, we have opportunities to honor one another, to esteem one another, to do unto others as we would have them do unto us, to be real with them. And when we do, there's a blessing that flows. It's simple to honor others. Doesn't mean it's easy. And there's a blessing that comes from the Lord. And it requires a heart that is genuine. A heart that is motivated to be a blessing and to honor. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at wearerefinery. God bless.